0: Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Love Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. The key to surrender is this, is that when you surrender your problem, you accept his deliverance. When you surrender your worry, you accept his peace. They, you can't hold the two, so I just, I, I just love that I think Shaleen should preach. How many would, where's Charlene? Um Next week? You're good? I, I'm, I want you to pray for, uh, pray for, I will not be, uh, Pastor Silva will be preaching next week, I won't be here. We're going to the top end of Australia. Uh, there is a conference there, it's a Pentecostal conference, and they're ce- uh, celebrating Pentecost. And so our Pastor Phil from Shiloh and I are going to be preaching there, plus we 're also going to be organizing at the in November I think it 's in november we 're going to do three major Crusades in that place so there 's going to be three different islands where we 're going to do open air crusades so we 're going to be taking a worship team and a prayer team from here and from there. so just pray for us for the uh, for God just to Touch them. One of the cries there is that they really need a move of God. They really need God to encourage them after the season that they've been through. So pray for me next week. You're going to be blessed by Sylvie. Oh, sorry. Excuse me, Pastor Sylvie. All right. Come on. I want to. What you believe is the gospel of Jesus is how you teach or you witness about Jesus, and it also teaches you about what to expect from Jesus. You know, today, um, I was looking at how do I title what I'm going to say, and the best thing I can put to to this, I've had enough, I'm going home. How many of you have ever got so thinking, "That's enough, I'm leaving? You know, you're playing sport and you go, I've had enough, I'm taking my ball, I'm going home. It's when you've had enough, sometimes there's a, there's, a, there's a bit of a healing that comes when you've had enough. There's a bit of a healing that comes when you go, the thing is dead and it's buried, I'm, I'm leaving. There's, there's something, there's a, there's a kind of a peace when you go, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave. It's when you had enough. When you, the word they had enough is this, I've tried all of my resources and I've come back empty. It's, it's, it's almost to the point that you've gone to every bank and they've all said no and there's no more. You've gone through every doctor and they've said no hope. So it's it, the message to you today and those watching online is that if you've had enough, you've just tuned in for the right time. If you've had enough, because I can't get out of my financial problems, this is for you. If you've seen every marriage counsellor and you still don't want to go home, this is for you. If when you wake up and you see your children and you go, oh, no, why can't I just keep sleeping? It's when you've had enough. Now, but see, what I want to understand is this, is what frustrates your faith and grace is your self-effort. The way you limit God is I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. I I want to share with you that we're going to talk about grace, the gospel of grace. The gospel of grace is what Jesus taught, it's what Paul taught, and it's supposed to have been going on. I want to just share with you is um, out of Acts 20. Now, Acts 20, you need to put this in prospect now. Paul knows by the Holy Spirit that he's got to take this message to Rome. But he also knows by taking this message to Rome, it's going to be the end of his ministry. So we're, we're not looking at Paul now. He's saying, hey, I'm starting a ministry. How do I do the ministry? He's got his friends together, and it's a goodbye message. It's a message that Paul says, I am leaving you. I'm going to go to Rome, and I know I'm not going to come back. And to me, just think about this now. He's going to leave, he's leaving them with what's going to keep them, and it's going to keep the next generation. He says this. But none of these things move me, neither do I esteem my life dear to myself. If only I may finish the course with joy and the ministry which I have obtained, from which was entrusted to me by the Lord Jesus. Faithfully attest to the good news, the gospel of God's grace, his unmerited favor, spiritual blessing and mercy. I want you to know something. Paul calls the good news the gospel of grace. He doesn't call it the gospel of how you get to heaven. He doesn't say this was the gospel of morality. He goes, I was entrusted with this message by Jesus himself. So in other words, it's the same message that Jesus preached. So Jesus comes with a message, and then when he died and went to heaven, he gave the same message that he preached to the church. And Paul is saying this. He goes, the message that Jesus preached is the message that was entrusted to me, and it is the message that's going to keep you. And so listen to what he does then. And now he says this, and this is his last words. These are the recorded words that he's saying, hey, I'm going to give something to you that's going to keep you, move you, expel demons, sicknesses out of people. And and he does this, right? And now, brethren, in verse 30, I commit you to God. I deposit you in his charge, entrusting you to his protection and care. Wow. Watch this. I deposit you. To deposit means to take you out of one reality and put you in another reality. I'm entrusting you to his protection and care. Think about this way. His protection. What's kept us over COVID? His protection. The gospel has kept you. People think it's medicine that keeps you, but it's God's protection. And then it gets further. And I commend you to watch this, to the word of His grace. So another word, watch this. He puts the word and grace on the same level. See, grace is not a teaching. Grace is not a subject. You can't do this. Today we're going to have the teaching. Um, uh, just an exposition on grace. You can't do that. Grace is not something that you can pull out, examine and put back. Grace, yeah, give you to the word of grace. In the beginning was love. And the word was? And the word? See, when we're talking about grace, we're talking about God, we're talking about Jesus. Grace. Is a person, and he happens to have a name. His name is Jesus the Messiah. Now, it gets better, right? And I commend you to the word of his grace, to the commands, the counsels, watch this, promises of his unmerited favor. It is able to build you up and give you your rightful inheritance among all of God's set apart ones. Those consecrated, purified, and transformed of soul. I want you to notice this the entrance into over 8,570 promises is grace. And he says this it's the unmerited favor. So if there is no understanding of the gospel of grace, you will struggle with promises. You will struggle with people. And he says this, I commend you. I'm entrusting you. I can go to heaven in peace because I have, without a doubt, letter by letter, step by step, left you to grace. So Paul He's not going, man, I don't want to go yet because you are not right. And he goes, I started with the gospel of grace. You know what's really interesting with this? Is all the disciples, the 11 disciples plus the 70 and all those, they saw grace in action. Paul got grace by revelation. Watch this now. James, John, Peter, Bartholomew, all the others, right? There's a lot of them, 11. All learned by sense knowledge. They saw Jesus. They heard Jesus. That's why John says, you know, we were there. We felt him. We touched him. Correct? Now watch this. And yet, the person with the most revelation on God's grace didn't physically see Jesus. He got it by revelation. That should make your heart go glad. That should make you go out of your seat, buy me lunch. (laughs) Think about this. The greatest Paul, Peter says, this Paul is moving in such a level that we can't understand him. How is it, listen to me carefully, how is it that he never physically touched Jesus He never, ever sat under the earthly ministry of Jesus. He never, ever saw Jesus heal the sick. But yet, he understands grace. Because watch this, grace comes by revelation, not by observation. So therefore, it means what Paul's life is telling you today is what I received by grace, you also can receive the grace in the same measure. Come on, come on. See, if you feel that God has skipped you over, you're wrong. See, you are not limited to because you weren't born in Jesus' time. So he's a man that understands grace... And then he goes, now you can do this. Now watch this. So today, just, we're just going to go, hey, everybody say foundation. Come on, foundation. Wouldn't you love to know what's in the gospel? Wouldn't, see, see, the, see, the gospel isn't just where you have a crusade and you see people get saved. The gospel saves you. The gospel makes you righteous. The gospel justifies you. The gospel brings you redemption. And the gospel takes you all the way through. Jesus is the gospel. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. See, what we've done is we've taken the gospel as, oh, that's my ticket to salvation. We used to teach it. I uh, That's okay now. I've got my insurance. If I die, I go to heaven. I've got my policy. Yes, but there's more to it. Jesus taught grace. Jesus preached the gospel. See, gospel started in Luke 4.18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has commissioned me to speak to the brokenhearted, to heal the sick, open blind eyes, bring light into darkness. So the life of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, the manifestation of the teachings of Jesus, the promises of Jesus are all wrapped up in this, the gospel of grace. When we start to see how grace is preached, it's this, now you need to watch something very carefully because you're smart. There's a grace that comes by observation. Then there's a grace that comes by revelation. The difference is, you are observing from afar. That, in other words, is this. See, you can observe how to be a Fabianic without being a Fabianic. You can go. Well, I'm going to dress like Ted. I'm going to get my wife to dress like pa- Pastor Silvey. I'm going to get my kids to do that. I'm going to. What, what do they eat? See, you can imitate that. Observation gives you imitation. But revelation is when you actually become a part of the family and you're part of the fabric. So your revelation is because you're in the family, not outside the family. That is why today you can go and get a Bible degree in, in our universities in Australia without being born again. Do you realize that to be in the ministry today, in happening here and United States and in Europe, where if you can, you know, your position, you, you know, you have a class where somebody gets up, hey, you know, hey, do you want to be a doctor? Da 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 da. They got people coming there, you can be a priest, you can be a minister, you can be a pastor without being born again. You can have your credentials, but you got the credentials by observation of writing, but you never got them from revelation. So, there's a revelationary gospel and there is an um, observation gospel. So, Jesus comes in and he says, I am the way, I am the life, and he goes, Now I'll teach you the gospel. How many of you heard, know if I say the prodigal son? How many know what I'm talking about? Okay. It's, it's an amazing, amazing, and it's not a story, it's a revelation. So Jesus comes, and we won't read it for the sake of time, because I've only got 15 minutes to go. Everybody said, "Ah, oh, who said, "Oh, I love you? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm taking you out today." <laughs> now, now what watch watch this? Everybody knows it's the prodigal son. first problem I have, and that Jesus God, it's not about the Son, it's about the Father. And his home. I'll make sense to you about that. We've called it the prodigal son. But he says this there's a father, and he has two sons. Both sons reveal their problems. So here we have a father, we have a house, we have a culture, we have a reality. He has one son, the younger does this I've had enough I'm leaving there's got to be more and I'm leaving now because you're really smart when in the kingdom when somebody says I've gotten saved and I don't like it I am leaving here's the issue you can only say that is if you're not living out a revelation because if you've got God's fullness you'll never leave It's too good to be true. So what does he do? He says, I've had enough. I'm leaving. And I want you to notice the first thing that happens is this, is we get the father's heart. Do you realize that the father could disown him right then and there, legally? The father could say, man, I'm not going to get you to waste my money. Do you realize how long it's taken me to get like this? So what, the father can disown you, but he doesn't, because, because what is, what's he talking about now? This is what it is, get this first principle of grace, is that I will never disown you. Even you make a mistake. Think about this. Okay, okay people with finance, we've got money, if you've got kids, right? you got, you got one of your, you've got kids that still hasn't matured in their thinking, correct? And he goes, you know, you've got a couple of million dollars in inheritance. Hey, give me a million and let me go. How many parents would go, yeah, go for it? You know that they're going to waste it. I wouldn't. I remember, you know what, buying my kids' cars, the first car. I knew they were going to crash it. So I'm going, I'm going to get a car that doesn't really matter. Come on. He can disown him, but you know what the father does? He goes, you know what? You, 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 need to, you, need, you need a bit of a reality check. So he says, go, off you go. So he lets him go. And he takes his money, and he spends it all. And then the Bible says, when he spent it all, there was a famine in the land. Now, start to think about this now. There's a famine in the land that means there is scarcity. In the global world today, one of the things is famine. There's a famine of housing. Ooh. Wow. There's a famine of getting into universities. Oh no. You know, there's a famine in health. Oh no. He entered a famine which his finance couldn't break him out of. There's a think about where is there a famine? There can be a famine of opportunities. There could be a famine of not enough jobs. It's called inflation. He entered a famine, and he didn't have any resources to combat that famine. And and then he says this, and the Bible goes, that he went and he got the least of the least jobs. The least job in the farming community that we're talking about is feeding the pigs. Now, watch this now. He's in, he drops down so low that he's feeding the pigs. And he says this. He goes, I am so hungry. I, am, I want to eat scraps. Now, watch this. Grace has a voice. You know, one of the voices of grace is no more scraps. No more leftovers. No more crumbs. He came to the point where he's looking at the stuff that no one wants to eat, the scraps. And he's looking at the pigs and he's going, Why isn't anybody even feeding me that? So, in other words, is this he's bent lower than the low. And then you hear this in verse 17 he came to his right mind. Now, watch this you cannot come to your right mind if you hadn't fallen from the right mind. In other words, if you've got nothing, you know what I realize by doing, going into some third world nations and going into where there is no education, there is no health care, everybody lives on one meal a day, quote, there's nothing new. And if a child is born into that environment, guess what? he can't come to his right mind and think, I want to drive a Rolls Royce. You know why? Because that's his normality. So a child that is born in the depravity of the satanic poverty says, this is it. The reality is we eat one meal a day my dad yells, my mom does this, they do this, there is problems here. And then when I go outside of my heart, everybody lives the same. And what happens to that? The child wakes up and he comes to his mind and says, this is normality. But the word repentance means this, is going back to the original. So one of the things about preaching the gospel, you need to show somebody what does home look like before you invite them home. I, 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 can, can I be really, 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 really honest today? Is that all right? I, I used to have a struggle witnessing. I, I really did not want to witness. The reason I didn't want to witness, because I, I, when I looked at the way some church people lived, I didn't want to bring my friends and let to see them, because I'm just thinking, flip, if, if this is the kingdom of God, I'm telling them to leave what they have and become like this, Have you ever noticed some people say, well, why should I get to Jesus? Because what what it is, the picture we have painted of home doesn't look as good as the home that they're in. Hello? Listen to me. I'll, I'll prove this to you. Why is it that people do this thing, well, I don't want to get saved because look what I have to give up. Correct? Have you heard that? That comment comes from is what they're looking at is so small, and they go, why would I want to give this up for this? Why do you think Paul says, Apostle Paul says, when I heard the gospel of grace, when I bought into it, everything is done. He says, everything is refuge, everything is toilet. Why? He saw home, he saw where he was, and he goes, everything I have is old, Everything I have is just rubbish because of the kingdom. So if you're feeling that I don't want to give that up, the reason you're feeling that because you haven't got the right picture of home. That's very good. That's why, listen to me carefully, that's why most Christians go, oh, no, sacrifice. There is no such thing as sacrificing. Because what am I getting? I'm, I'm sacrificing being dumb to... Being educated? I'm sacrificing poverty for riches? Is that sacrifice? <laughs> I'm sacrificing hell for heaven? Or well, is that a sacrifice? Use your intelligence now. So the kingdom of God is amazing. And what happens is this, right? He comes to his right senses. You know what happened was this. He said this. There, watch this. My reality is I am wishing that I could eat like a pig. But there's another reality. It's called my father's home. And even the servants have enough food to spare. And I'm here. Isn't it amazing? You can be in the same country and have two different realities. You can be a Christian... And have different realities. You good? Isn't it amazing that we can sit next to a person right now that's living in a different reality than you? Come on. To, to me, that's outstanding. Because he is, he is saying there are two realities that are on earth. And this is what the gospel of grace does. Which reality do you want to stay in? All of a sudden, he goes, I come to my thinking. This is my reality. But there is another reality, and I get to choose. So what does he do? Now, watch this. The kingdom of grace or the kingdom of the gospel of grace also, teaches you how to repent. You know what he thinks? Now, watch, think about this. You're going to read this when you get home, correct? You got, I will ring all of you up, or God will talk to me about you. So he comes to his right mind, and now watch this. He's repre- he is repenting outside of the gospel. He does this. He repents with mixture. And he does this. He goes, "I'm going to go back to my father." First, amazing thing is this: is the gospel puts within him a desire that it's okay to come home. Wow. <laughs> I remember if I did something to Dad and I know I was going to be in trouble, I would run away, and um, I didn't want to come home because I knew the consequences. Uh, the only reason I used to come back was because I got hungry. He spends spends a third of his father's wealth and he goes, it's okay to come home. That's good. He says, I will go back to my father. I will say this. Now, I want you to notice this. I will say this. He goes, I will say to my father, hey, I've sinned against God and I've sinned against you. He's doing really well. But then he falls back into self-effort. Now, watch this. I will tell him, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. I want you to treat me like you do the hired servants. Wow. Think about this now. You're going to see how this follows. He's repenting, which is good. But he's not repenting according to the house or to the home or to the father. He's got this mixture of yes, I know that I'm wrong and I don't deserve this. If you want to hear last week, please, you can look at it on our app, on on our podcast, about if you feel that you don't deserve something, you haven't heard grace. You haven't heard the gospel. He goes, I don't deserve this. Why does he say I don't deserve this? Because of this. Watch, you good? I'm the one that sinned. I'm the one that spent the money. I'm the one that left. I am living in my consequences. How many of you heard this term, you've made your bed, now sleep in it? That's a good comment. It works really well outside of the kingdom, but it has no place inside the kingdom. See, the problem with sometimes getting wisdom outside of the kingdom, people say you need to pay for your consequences, correct? But inside of the, the kingdom, because we don't understand the cross, is the cross not only deals with the sin, but the cross also deals with the consequences of the sin. Can I really be blunt, honest with you? In one of the churches that I grew up in, right, and I was when, when we were just starting out, there used to be this saying, is that if you're a young person and you kept yourself, that you didn't sleep around, you didn't commit fornication, you can expect God to give you a woman that hasn't done the same. So in other words, what we were teaching is that because you kept yourself, you can expect God to give you a virgin. But then we did this, because now you didn't keep yourself, you have no right for an expectation to marry somebody that hasn't committed adultery or fornication. You, you, you good with me? Oh, come on, I agree with me. so I know what I'm doing. Because I know what I'm doing. So what we were doing was this. We didn't realize this. We didn't understand the power of grace. So we thought, okay, I did something. I don't deserve this. I messed up four marriages. I don't deserve another good marriage. I got fired out of so many jobs. I can't, I don't deserve a really good job. See, what was it? We don't understand grace. I know this is heavy. This is not heavy. This is good, isn't it? It's because I need, see, I need to take you out of outside of kingdom thinking to inside the kingdom thinking. Because when you get the inside of the kingdom heaven thinking, that's when you get your breakthroughs. You don't get your breakthroughs to get into the kingdom. You get your breakthroughs in the kingdom. And he goes, I will do that. And you know the next thing that happens? He gets up and he leaves. And as he is leaving... The father sees him. He sees him afar off. In verse 20. Now I want you to notice the father sees him afar off. Isn't it interesting that the father sees him afar off. And he goes, I want to shorten the distance to your breakthrough. Let the door on you. He sees you afar off. That means that you're walking. You're walking. You're walking. You're walking. You're walking. So the father says, I tell you what. You need your breakthrough quicker than you can get to me. So I'm going to shorten the distance. And the father meets him. And he The Father says, I've got compassion. Compassion outside of the kingdom means I pity you. I feel for you. You know what? I I once had a broken leg. I understand your pain. I once had a broken marriage. I understand your pain. I once got this disappointment. I understand your pain. But see, but take compassion in the gospel of grace is this. Compassion means I interrupt your suffering to bring you healing. Compassion means that God interrupts your reality to bring you his reality. What's this? Compassion means that God interrupts what the enemy has done and it is doing. So compassion comes with restoration. So compassion is this. God says, I am going to interrupt your world. I'm going to interrupt your sickness. I'm going to interrupt your poverty. I am going to interrupt the enemy, what the enemy is doing and what the enemy has done. See, compassion is an action word. So God says, I'm into interrupting. Jesus came and he interrupted the devil. What what did he do? Think, Think about this. It's in the Gospels. Jesus felt compassion and healed them all. They were three days without eating. God says, I feel compassion. I will feed them. So compassion... Interrupts. You know what it does? Compassion leaves no room for condemnation. Compassion restores. Compassion removes the consequence of sin. And you know what I love about compassion? Compassion leaves no room for condemnation. Just let, let, let that wash over you. Compassion leaves no room for condemnation. Listen to this. First John 4, 18. Such love has no fear. Perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is the fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. See, God is into interrupting you, but we are so busy interrupting him with our self effort. So, what does the Father do? He has compassion and he runs, and he then kisses him. Now, I want you to, this is, um, he smells of pig. He smells of sin. He smells of what he has come out of. You, you, you can you can tell that smell. I, I don't. You, there's a smell when somebody is in sin. Have you ever met somebody and you feel dirty? You're smelling sin. See, sin has an odor. Lying has an odor. Foul language has an odor. Negative thinking has an odor. So so we sometimes think we can get away with things, but when you do things, you smell of them. It's okay. None of you smell here, okay? (laughs) Just, Just relax. But what the Father do, I want you to notice something. He shows him love before the cleansing, not after the cleansing. Ooh, careful here. Oh, careful, Pastor Ted. Careful, Pastor Ted. No, no, no. I want you to notice something here. Bad behavior, a bad character is washed away by the love of God. So I don't change my behavior to love God that God loves me my behavior is changed because he loves me. You good? See see uh, other gospels have turned it around clean yourself up then God will love you. Hey if you get if you get, if you give your life to Jesus then he will heal you. If you if you if you if you Jesus flips it around. He's talking about the gospel. He smells? He's dirty? And the father is putting his lips to the dirt. And I want you to know this is something new. In the Old Testament, when a leper touched a clean person, the clean person was dirty. Right? So that's why the Pharisees and Sadducees, how is it that Jesus is a friend of sinners? How is it that Jesus is sitting at the table, eating and drinking with sinners. You know what they were saying? Doesn't Jesus realize that if he hangs around them, he will become dirty? Watch this. But in the kingdom, it's when the dirty touch the clean, the clean doesn't change, it's the dirt that changes. Sickness... We, what, what we learned by, in COVID was that if somebody touches you, you transmit that disease onto you. So, therefore, don't touch people. Correct? That's the same thing. We, we talk, no, no. But the Bible says you can be so full of the Holy Spirit when somebody with sickness touches you, they get healed. I remember there was a, there's a minister, he's gone to be with the Lord now. His name was John G. Lake. He came into South Africa when there was an epidemic, and people were dying all over the place. And God speaks to him and says, I want to show you my power. So you know what he did? He goes into the hospital, and he goes, where's your infectious ward? He goes into infectious ward, and he says this. He goes, I am a Christian. God's power is living inside of me. What I want you to do, I want you to get the, um, not micro. what do you call it, microscope. Is that the right word? Yeah. And, and he goes, what I want you to do, I want you to, I'm going to put my hand out. I want you to take the disease, and I want you to put it on my hand. And they go, no, come on. And he goes, no, just, just, just watch me. I'm, I'm a man of the Holy Spirit. And they put the disease on his hand and put it on the microscope. Guess what happened? The disease died. People go, oh, that's not normal. Hey, it's not normal outside of the kingdom, but it's actually normal inside the kingdom. He says, "You should, if you drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt you." See, so, see, see. This is all grace. Uh, we're, we're, and, and, and so he's then, and then he does this, right? He's kissing him, and then he says, "Bring me the best robe." Why does he do that? He goes, he doesn't clean him up. He doesn't do that. He says he covers him. Do you want you to watch this? That God is not into exposing sins. God is into covering. People say, how do you know that? It is because God had forgiven him. The Father had forgiven him. But guess what? People still look like you do that. God says, I tell you what. What I'm going to do, I'm going to put new clothes on you. From now on, people will look at you as new, no more as old. So he comes there, and and he's going there. And I want you to notice this. This The father had interrupted his forgiving. God, this is what I want. He comes there. I go, I am just going to be a lowly servant. But God says, listen to me carefully. You're coming to my house, and in my house, you are my son. And when I restore, I am not restoring you to a servant. I am restoring you to a son. So he interrupts him, and then he does something absolutely amazing. He says, I want you to give me my, my signet ring. And what the ring meant this. Now watch this very carefully. The signet ring means that you represent the house and everything that's in the house. So what he would do, he would take this ring Go into a store and go, I want this, I want this, I want this. And then he'd do this, put it to the tab. The father restored the financial discrepancy. You know what blows me with that? He blew it. You would say, God, he can't be trusted with any more money. And God says, no, no, he's back in the house. He's back in the house. So he puts a ring on him. And then there's this. Bring the fatted calf. Ah, My question is, I, I, I was praying about this this morning. And I uh, thought, God, God what a, why does the fatted calf jump out at me? And it was this. Is that the father knew he was coming back and he sat in the calf up for a celebration? I am the God that for and have already provided. Guess what? The father had made provision for the party. <laughs> so that means, right? That God wants to rejoice over you. He has made your celebration. Now, and we're gonna finish in a moment, I'm gonna give it a pastor survey. But then there's the other son. The other son has got the same issues, and he goes to the father because he doesn't understand the gospel of grace. He goes like this, watch this, watch this. God, the father comes up, and and he's there. He says, I'm hearing music. I'm hearing dancing. I'm hearing laughter. And my servants have said to me, my brother, your son. As a church, I want you to, we need to get ready for something, okay? Look. We need to be ready for the prodigals to come back and we need to know how to treat them. As the fear is increasing in the globe, more people are going to come down and go, I am sick and tired of eating crumbs. And when they come through the door here, this is what they need to experience. You know why? The prodigal son now became the first greeter of the church of faith life. And he goes, you're coming back. I know how to treat you. I'm going to kiss you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to take you out to lunch. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Hey, hey, your past is, you're embarrassed with your past. Let me cover it. Because whatever I cover with the blood, the blood reduces it. So it doesn't exist anymore. See, what the church needs now is to be prepared for the prodigals to come home. And the the son's upset, and then tells this. And he goes this, I never did this, I never did this, I never did this, I never did this. You know what was going on there? This was what was going on. I am in the church, I haven't sinned, I haven't slept around, I haven't done drugs, I haven't done that, so I deserve it. He had the same problem. One had the problem, I don't deserve this. And the other guy, I deserve this and I hadn't got it. One says, I don't deserve it because of what I have done. The other goes, I deserve it because of what I've done. You've got to take I deserve or I don't deserve out of the kingdom. I know I'm taking a long time, but you you need a breakthrough this week. We need, this is the message you need to preach to your employer, employees. This is the message you need to preach to your neighbors, to your friends. It's because everybody's afraid to come home and God says, home is good. And then he says this to the son. Man, I've preached for 50 minutes, but it's worth it. Watch this. He says to the the elder son, he goes, didn't you know? That everything I have is yours. You just need to take it. But that's a two-fold statement. which Is, is now, that statement also now involves the second first son. Sorry, the second son. Because now he's in the house. When you are in the house, everything belongs to you. Healing belongs to you. Hey, today, will you allow... God's compassion to disturb your life. Would you allow it? Hey, would you? Uh, marriage is here, okay. And those watching, would you allow God to come in and disturb your marriage? Parents, would you allow God to disturb it? Because what compassion will do, it will bring healing. Deliverance and no condemnation. I, I want to pray for you. Good message. Yes. So Jesus always had mercy, and the Bible says, "Come unto me, all you are heavy laden, and I will give you rest." As me, He had some compassion, as many as touched Him, He healed them. I, I'm here to tell you that this gospel. It's not outside of you. It's now inside of you. You are no longer trying to get into this. You are already into this. You know what we want to do as a church? What we want to do is think, I am. when I read this, this for the first time in my life, I was looking at this word compassion all afternoon. And, and it, I had to stop. I had to get up. And I had to do something. I was just going, oh God, flip. I never saw this. That God just said, I want to interrupt you. My grace interrupts your need. Do you know what? If you're sick, God's compassion interrupts and heals you. If you're depressed, God interrupts your depression and gives you peace. If you're you're struggling financially, God interrupts your bankruptcy and gives you wealth. See, God is... I'll finish on this. this. Um, Jesus is walking and there is a funeral procession. People are weeping. The mother has lost her child. She's falling behind. She's weeping. And what does Jesus do? He, he doesn't come around and says, "Hey, mama, it's okay, it's okay." You know what he does? He interrupts the funeral service and he comes to the boy and he lifts him up. And what is he saying? I'm just having compassion. I I, I just I want to interrupt. And and listen to me carefully, and I just give you a word of caution: is when you start doing that, you're going to upset some people. Is because God is interrupting your life and making it better, and the people that are people that are working hard to get the same life are going to be ticked off at you. I just want to warn you: prosperity has a price. People talking. Peace has a price. People talking. How in the world did you get there? Well, God interrupted me. I stopped interrupting Him. Bang! See, that is the kingdom. That is why we do what we do. That is why people come here at seven thirty in the morning, set up, do that, because they are interrupting your life. <laughs> um, my blood pressure's just gone up. <laughs> In all sincerity as your pastor, will you let God interrupt you? I've had enough. I'm coming home. I've had enough. I've had enough of getting up in the morning and going, oh no, another day. I've had enough of looking at bills I can't pay. I've had enough. I've had enough of being depressed. I'm going home. Why? Because after today, you know what's waiting for you. Father, I just come to you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, for all the people that are watching online. Father, for all the families here. Father, we just ask you, interrupt. Father, we've come with our repentance, with a whole lot of mixture. But Father, today, Father, I want to come home. Father, I'm tired. Father, I'm I'm worn out. Uh, Father, I've tried everything. I've I've looked at everything, and God, I'm I'm still where I am. Father, interrupt me with your revelation. Father, have compassion on me. You know, the the, the Word of God says, as, as we've read before, is that perfect love. Cast out fear. Hey, can, can you all look at me for one second? I, I feel we need, we need to do some ministry right now. The word of God says this, is that you don't have to cast fear out of you, my love will. See, I, I, I used to go, I, 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 I command fear to leave. But then I realized, I mean, I'm doing it wrong. The Bible says this, is when I realize how much He loves me, that realization casts out fear. That, but, but Pastor Fabianic, what if it doesn't come back? That's, what, what if the disease comes back? That's fear. Oh, but, you know, what about if there's a financial crash? What have I got? Fear. You know what the Bible says? is if you've been receiving my, my, my what's his name, messages for the day, is that love, faith works by love. The greatest of these is love. So watch this. We do what we're going to do now. We're going to receive God's love and let Him cast out the fear. The fear, what, 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 what if I don't get healed? What, a fear, what, what if this happens? What if this happens? Now I want you to listen to me carefully. Compassion makes no room for fear, for doubt, for condemnation. Oh, I just want to just lift up your hands with me. Just lift them up. Father, I just release your love right now. Father, we just release your love. Father, we release your love into every marriage, into every parent, into every job situation into every body, Father, into every mind. Father, we right now accept the unconditional, undeserved love. And Father, right now, that love is right now casting out fear. Right now, fear is leaving. Fear is leaving. Fear of tomorrow, fear of sickness, Fear of famine. Right now, right now, right now, fear is dreaming. There is no room in the Father's house for fear. That means your room is not fear. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I receive it. That's all you need to do today. Just go, God, I receive your love. I receive the gospel of Jesus Christ right now. Father, I just pray that this miss that this realization, this reality, that we go from the famine reality to your reality right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, hey God bless you. We'll see you.